everything I'm seeing in this room that we see in life is perspective. That's how we see it. Mm. And once you change your perspective, you change your life. Um, so it's being able to realize that and realize that life happens for you, not against you. You know, I have it harder than you, but everybody has their own shit. I Everyone has their own shit. We shouldn't feel anxious and we shouldn't have anxiety and we shouldn't be depressed, but mm. actually we should. It's actually a psychotherapy this is, session. This is actually therapy. So, yeah, yeah, technically. It's just recorded. <laughs> so people can relate to it. I just, if anyone else went through what I did, it's just, it makes me really sad to think. Yeah. And someone once said to me, they said, Alex, if you want to be a presenter, you just got to tell everyone you meet that you're a presenter. They've got a quote there. That's going to be in the trailer. And I, I didn't even recognize the person looking back at me. No, I didn't expect you to say any of that, to be honest, when I was preparing for this. I just <laughs> come to people's doors. Do you do, instead of, have you discovered God or Jesus? It's, do you do yoga? Good point. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I need to change my clothes. Cut, cut. Hey guys, Michael here from Babylonian Media. Thank you as always for listening and taking the time to, to watch what we're doing. This episode, firstly, is with uh, Alexandra Gray, who is a TV presenter, actress and, and model as well. You can find her on Instagram pretty much with Alex O. Gray. We really had a great conversation, uh, talked a lot about her sort of general experience within the industry. She also opened up about some struggles she's had, even though you probably really never expect it. So... Yeah, I really hope you enjoyed the episode and please, please, as always, if you can like all the videos on or, or the podcast on whatever platform it is, click the bell notification, subscribe and share where you can. It's uh, really, really appreciated. Thank you and enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody. Um, just a word on our sponsors. Our sponsors at the moment are Spacemade. Spacemade offer flexible workspaces throughout the UK. They've actually got locations currently in city centre Bristol, Fitzrovia, London, Swiss Cottage, London. The Strand London, City Centre Leeds, London Fields, and obviously the place we're at at the moment, which is Queen's Park. Queen's Park, the loft, to be exact. Um, just a really big thank you at first, because they've supported us from the start, and it's been really, really appreciated. So to the guys that backed us and took the time to be willing to even speak to us, we really, really appreciate that. Their website is www.spacemade.co. So if you do have any interest about renting a, renting a private office, a permanent desk or even a hot desk, which is essentially a temporary desk in a nice, nice location, please do check out their website. You can actually get a desk for as low as around £200 a month, which I think considering the situation in London, how expensive it can be, it's, it's a really, really good offering. And also they do have an Instagram, which is spacemade.co. And in general, we will always put links and uh, in, with, uh, with regards to our descriptions and in, and in all of our platforms. So yeah, please do check them out and... Space made. Thank you very much. Again. <laughs> hey, Alexandra Gray. How are you? Hi. Yeah, I'm great. How are you? Not bad. Not bad. Um, just to let everyone know, you are a TV presenter, <clears throat> actress, yes, model. I also saw on one of your media profiles it says you're an influencer. What? Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. I was going to say how you've got like you're listing listed on quite a few different different uh, websites for media profiles and it said you're an influencer. Do you feel that that is incorrect? I feel like I've never actually self-declared as an influencer and I actually would never self-declare because that term makes my toes like like it makes my skin crawl I don't know I thought you might say that yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like I, I was like I'm influencing you really, don't seem like an influence. good vibes yeah yeah you're, you're definitely doing good vibes <laughs> so would, would you say you're tv presenter primarily or is it the yeah. fact you do all three or and you're not sure yet or you'd say you're a tv presenter well yeah tv presenting pre predominantly but I feel like right now, because of because of COVID, funnily enough, I feel like mm -hmm. now I'm at a crossroads in my life between acting and presenting. I love both. 
I love presenting. I think it's, I don't know how to descri describe it. It's like when I get in front of a camera and I start speaking, it's like something just lights up inside of me. Yeah. And, um, but also I have days, I don't know if you feel the same, where I just get sick of myself. <laughs> I'm just like, oh. Not yet. Well, but that's because I'm extremely narcissistic. and <laughs> not to say anything. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think I'm great. No, no, I, I haven't done it. And I don't think I've done it enough yet, to be honest, would be my answer to that. No, yeah, there are days sometimes I'm just like, ugh, like I'm really annoying or, and like, I, I love I'm it. really annoying. I'm really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Okay, Self-love yeah. is the most important Yeah, love. yeah, um, I'm just, I'm just an annoying person. <laughs> that, that, that's a really good way to boost your, uh, your ego. Anyway, sorry, carry, carry on. Um, but yeah, but I love embodying other people and, mm -hmm. and delving into the psychology of others and, and trying to figure out what, what motivates people and what makes people tick. And that's why I love acting. Um, so yeah, that's been something that I've been working on more so since last year. But it was because a... the TV presenting's less, or because well, because I was travel yeah, travel yeah. hosting before lockdown, and obviously, of course, yeah. COVID meant no travels. Um, go on. So your your TV gig is what exactly? Well, so funnily enough, I ended up predominantly working for the World Poker Tour. Mm -hmm. um, doing, I actually got hired to do travel presenting for them. Right. Because a major part of the World Poker Tour is that, yeah, they have these poker events, um, but lots of companies have poker events. But what like makes this one very special is that, you know, we go all around the world and it's like a big focus on balance, like life balance. So it's, I feel like some poker players just fully immerse themselves completely into poker and forget about real life. Yeah, yeah, Which is yeah. very easily done because they're very, these people are like super brainy, Guys who just, but the lifestyle is awful, right? Really? It's going to be very unhealthy, yeah. Night, night time, all that sort of thing. Long, long hours, like grinding at a computer and grinding in poker rooms and like you don't see any daylight. So if you're going to, say, Marrakesh, it's kind of like, well, you're going all the way to Marrakesh to play poker, but there's an amazing world outside the, those doors that, that is to be explored. And so it was kind of my job to come in and obviously announce the events and interview the players and do all of that stuff, but also kind of, I'd be commissioned to kind of go around and find amazing things to do in Marrakesh, like go around the souks or go on a camel ride or... I saw in a couple of the videos you did like, uh, you, I mean, I must say the job looks great fun. I mean... It was terrible, uh, really. Yeah, I yeah, mean. it's awful. <laughs> Travelling the world, but you did things cool. like you did, went on a track, you... Uh, go-karting. Yeah, go-karting. Yeah. yeah, that looked really cool. That you was, went in a Russian fun. bath or something, which was yeah, great. Yeah, the, the Russian banya. Yeah, do you like that? That is an experience. Or the cold water. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, Russia is one of my favorite countries in the world. Really, I love, I love the Russians. Yeah, they're great. Are you just like the, like the character? I just love them. Yeah, I love how hardcore they are. So it's like me and the CEO of of the WPT World Poker Tour. Um, the hotel we were staying at had so bear in mind we're there in January. Yeah, so yeah. So it's like minus degrees, freezing cold, and outside they had this outside pool, and it was minus four degrees Celsius in this pool. So it wasn't it for some. Was it frozen over? I can't remember now. Anyway, you could still go in it. And like, we did this big thing. We were like, we have to make a video about it and going in this pool and doing like, because this is kind of like a, a Russian thing to do. So we like- I think I, I think I saw this. We like, yeah, we like majorly yeah. freaked out over it. And then in the corner, there was just this Russian dude just kind of like chilling as if it was nothing, just watching us like we were crazy. <laughs> just chilling in this minus four degrees Celsius water. Like minus in the four? Bath. Yeah. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Oh god! All four degrees. I do cold. I, I do. I do cold showers every day, but it's definitely not that cold. Horrible. And people think I'm weird because I do that. Good for you, though. It is very good. good do you do the lymphatic system? I I uh, I, I um, try to every now and then. Yeah. You should do it. It's great. Yeah. So um, 
tell us how you you I guess got into it or got discovered for WPT because you weren't really doing much before that were you no so I just graduated from university and then I went to an office <sighs> bloody hell for how long <laughs> yes seven months I oh, really <laughs> you lasted that long I lasted that long Bravo. yeah but throughout that time I kind of I knew that I'd always wanted to do something in in front of the camera like I always knew that presenting was something I wanted to do, but I was always a bit too scared to tell anyone. Mm -hmm. And also no one's going to hire you if you've never done the thing. So I was like, okay, well, I came up with a little game plan. I was like, I'll just go into this job. I'll try an office lifestyle for a bit, see if I can hack it. Disclaimer, I couldn't. Um, just so for, so for financial security and like a backup, just mm -hmm. in case what I try and pursue doesn't work out. So on the side, I was filming, like I was just a applying to everything and someone once said to me they said Alex if you want to be a presenter you just got to tell everyone you meet that you're a presenter and you know eventually you'll end up getting you know the jobs that you want or it will work out for you so that's what I did I remember the first ever job I got <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing and luckily it wasn't a paid one but still it was still like a bit awkward because go on what was it I was interviewing so I started filming for this uh, entertainment company and uh, I was interviewing some music artists okay and I was just kind of awkward in front of the camera like I didn't really know how to introduce them properly or like just simple things like what what hand to hold the microphone in and like speaking of that you know you know when I first started doing this I was the one thing I am conscious of I even did just now is I do fold my arms too much and I've been told that's quite like too stance. serious. I should be more like, hey, <laughs> what's going on? It's true though. You notice that a lot, don't you? When you first do it, you really like watch yourself back and it's, it's yeah. shocking how much little... Scrutinize everything. Mm. And I would do weird things with my mouth. Like I'd, I'd realize I had like a weird twitch and stuff like that. So I just had to kind of, you know, work. But you you work on all these things, right? Yeah. Like you get better as you do more. Oh, and you've, you've edged out a twitch. I've edged out my twitch. Yeah, what was I doing? I can't remember now. But I remember a director once said to me like... I did a job in Ukraine and the guy, the director was like on the, on the headset to the cameraman. He's like, can you just tell her to stop doing that thing with her face? <laughs> I was did mortified. You, you obviously heard that at the time. Yeah. Well, he told me, the camera guy was like, hey, Alex, do you mind just, you're just doing this weird thing with your face. Can you stop? Your face is just a bit weird, Alex. <laughs> Basically. But no, yeah. And then, um, so I just built it up and just, and then I applied, I quit my office job on a whim I was because I just had enough and like my soul was slowly being destroyed yeah yeah flew to LA and then when I was in LA I applied to the job with the World Poker Tour just by chance and I had an interview when I was out there and within the first 20 minutes he was like got the got the gig girl nice because you're quite young in the sense of getting like a, a gig of that sort that early don't, don't you think in, in, in the TV world I only say that because I think if you look at most people who were, you know, present in the TV presenting world, you're definitely the youngest I've seen. Yeah, I think so. I don't really know, to be honest. Like, it's such a varied industry. Like, it really is. And actually, to be honest, like, now I'm getting a bit older. <laughs> yeah, you, I'm not old. You, you but are ancient, yeah. I do feel the pressure. She's, she's 25, by the way. <laughs> I'm 24. <laughs> oh, shit, are you? No, I'm 25, yeah. You got me. April Fool's. April Fool's. I'm actually 23. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, I'm starting to like, I'm like, oh, like the clock is kind of ticking a little bit. Like on, on what? Alex? I don't know. I just feel like for, for women, I feel really? like for women in any kind of 
role where you're in front of the camera, there is a lot of pressure on your parents and, and yeah, yeah, for sure, fine, yeah. like doing certain things within an, a a young age bracket. Maybe it's different. Maybe because in my mind, I'm like, I'm moving to California, and out there, it's a completely different kettle of fish. Like, mm -hmm. The younger you are, the better. And now I kind of feel like mm, maybe I'm not really in that bracket anymore. I don't know. At 25. But this is the pre this is these are like the pressures, and this is what I've been really trying to. I did struggle with for a, a couple years with like the pressure on appearance, the pressure, the pressure on like how far you're getting, mm -hmm. the pressure on what you're doing, the, mm -hmm. like comparing yourself to other people in the industry. Mm -hmm. um, but you just gotta just just gotta learn just to stop doing that. There's no and point. Compa comparison no point. is just is is the killer of all happiness. <laughs> it literally is. I agree. And that's the problem with social media, and I have a love hate relationship with that, but. I, I was thinking that when you, um, when I was checking you out, uh, and I mean that in a research sense, not in a <laughs> yeah, pervy yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit of both. Anyway, the, <laughs> the, the, the point is, is that is that you're quite um, you're quite prominent on social media, probably partly because you you have to be, yeah. uh, but at the same time you seem, and I think it's also with regards to the way you present yourself on camera, it seems fairly natural. But you're quite uninhibited in general. I think some people are not that at all. It's a completely different face. Uh, but do you struggle with social media? Because it doesn't, doesn't come across that way at all. I struggle with it in the sense that I feel like a lot of it has no depth. And yeah. I come away from scrolling through it feeling just disgusted in humanity. <laughs> That's a really bold statement to make. No, no I think... We, but I mean, we, we'll go down that rabbit hole. It's... Yeah. I agree. I, agree. I just... It's, become extremely narcissistic and I actually keep and I'm I'm completely guilty of it as well like I'm not trying to claim that I'm not you know not posting selfies and all that stuff because I do mm -hmm. but I, it's funny because I was reflecting literally just yesterday on how not too long ago it was kind of looked kind of laughable if you posted a selfie it was kind of like oh why are you taking pictures of yourself yeah but yeah. now like everyone does it and, it and it's the acceptable thing to do now and how all these girls and guys are editing their pictures we don't even look human on this app anymore it's like we're, we're we've developed these strange avatars like these virtual it's like this whole different it's, i feel like we have two lives we have our, this real life and then this virtual life that we've created and this character that we've created for ourselves is like now like an avatar of us and it's not a reflection of who we really are in any sense anymore and i find that i, I really struggle with that but do you do you feel your fairly real to i try and i try and keep as I real as possible are. i really do but you know what's difficult is is the algorithm it's the algorithm okay. let me tell you this because if you post like a real like unedited picture or it's pretty unfiltered or you know you're talking about something of depth it doesn't really get picked up whereas the, i've noticed that like when girls post pictures where it's either in your bikini or you've used some kind of editing software and your face looks like this weird cartoony thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It gets so much engagement. And that, when you're dealing with brands, which a lot of influencers do, they know that if they have less engagement, they're not going to get any brand deals. So the more that they post all this edited content and selfie content and showing more skin, the more engagement they'll get, the more money they'll get because they'll get more brand deals. So it's just this like vicious cycle. Um, and, and I feel like as well, it's just kind of, it's just pumping consumerism as well, like down your throat. It's like constantly buy this, buy yeah, that. Yeah. And they, they swap the notification button for the shopping button. It's like, I don't want to buy anything from Instagram. I want to see who liked my picture. <laughs> Bring that button back. 
So I don't know. It's I just it's just balance though, isn't it? It's like do being you, aware of these you, things. Do you to and fro with that a lot? You're sort a lot. Of, yeah. It's like a constant mental battle. I feel like I have to like I spend I take days where I don't even go on it. To be honest. Yeah, you do do a little. Uh, have a little sabbatical from it. Yeah, yeah. A sabbatical being a day. Yeah. And then I'm back on. <laughs> well, no, it's true. You know, you know, in in South Korea, they actually do full on rehab for social media and just your phones, where they take you away for like 20, 30 days. Wow. And yeah, and apparently people you, are you like get, bouncing you, off the walls and shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it's scary that you can get that addicted to it. It's like, you know, I was a couple of things with, with what you're saying. Firstly, I do agree. Obviously, the algorithm favors, shall we say, the more superficial elements but I do also think there's a great positive to it in, in the way it yeah. sort of spreads information I think what we're even trying to do here is very much the other side which is everything from a conversation like this which is relatable you can hear how you did your career and all the other things in between and how you feel and that that often has a virality to it as well if it's something that really I think which is what I'm quite dedicated to is hitting people in the core and, and engaging them I think that's the really really the best thing we can do with it because it's going to be there no matter what do you know what's worrying though is that our attention spans are so bad now. Yeah, past five years, mine's worse. So, I was thinking I if I had a, to I used study... to watch a movie. <laughs> yeah. Now you can't even watch 30 seconds. But yeah. like, if I had to study now like I did when I was at uni, no chance. Can't do it. I can still read, but like, I just, you, you're There's mice. just the breaks, you're like this. So you're, you're instead of it being an hour, you're like every 10 minutes you're checking. Yeah, yeah. it's terrible. Mm. And like, even for people to sit down and watch, you know, an interesting interview with someone or whatever, people can't do it. Mm. Can't, you see 30 minutes and you're like, nah, like that's way too long. But you'd happily spend 30 minutes just scrolling, just like, like mindlessly through just rubbish. Yeah, I think it's education that as well, isn't it? Because if, if you, like you said, people may hear that and they go, okay, that's a good point and they'll try and stick to it. But unfortunately, it's, we are so such impulsive characters and everything we do yeah it, it's it's really bad I, w I wanted to touch a bit more on what you were saying at sort of the start of the social media thing you you said you struggled with it a lot for a couple of years and and the comparison thing was was really bad obviously you know you have a presence you've got more than a few thousand people who who, who check you out is that is that is that what it's all about it's you you compare that and then you see your growth and you see someone else's and what i'm saying is could you could you maybe elaborate on a bit more? Yeah, I think sure. it, I think it's really important. Hopefully, if the right people listen, they they feel like they're in this. If they feel they're in the same boat, it's not. They understand it's not as bad, or there's a way to edge out of it. I guess. I mean, I think we're always guilty of comparing our own career progress with others, but I don't struggle necessarily with that so much because I understand that my own progression is very personal, and I can't really compare it to anybody else. And I don't, and in all honesty, I don't put a huge amount of effort into my Instagram. Like I don't have, you know, like the influencers do, they have like, they're like the Lightroom presets and it's all kind of perfectly orchestrated. I don't do that. I just kind of post whatever. It's just all a bit random. Mm -hmm. And I like it like that because it, yeah. express, it expresses my life and who I am. So I won't get upset in the sense that I don't have 130,000 followers right now. Like it's, but it's more that I've struggled a lot in terms of how I see myself. And I think a lot of people do struggle with that. Hence why people hide their faces with filters and feel like they can't post a photo unless it's been touched up with Facetune or anything. And I'm 100% guilty of that too. Um, and I, I, the last year actually has, I've worked a lot on just self-acceptance and self-love because I really punished myself a lot for like too, for far too long. 
Like in terms. What, 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 yeah. What do you mean you punish yourself? Like in terms of just because I'm, I'm a perfectionist and I am very hard on myself, and I've had to, I've been forced to learn to stop being so hard on myself. But yeah, I would just put, like punish myself in the gym. Like you know, I was literally training like two hours every day, mm-hmm. like six days a week, which is insane, and not and barely eating anything. So skinny. Um, and just, I would look at a photo or a video and I look back on those photos now and I'm like, oh, I looked, I looked love, lovely. What was I even thinking about the time? I'd look at it and think, oh, I look really ugly or I look really fat. Or, uh, if I just tweaked this, I'd look even better. Or if I just did this, or I'd look even better. If I just lost weight here, I'd look even better. Or if I did this, I'd be better. Like, it's constant, like putting yourself down the whole time and never actually like, you know, praising yourself. And what, what there's, I guess there's no end to... There's no end to that. Yeah. I was listening to, um, you know, the guy who wrote um, The Simple Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he posted a video not too long ago. It's now got over a million views. And he basically did a summary of the, of the video, of, mm. of the book. It's half an hour. I listened to it, I was getting ready. And he was just saying, it's, the, it's like the hedonistic treadmill. It's like you're constantly chasing that happiness. It's like, oh, if I just had this, I'd be happy. Then you get it. Oh, but then if I just had that, then I'd be happy. And it's like you're never fully satisfied. Yeah. And it's a similar thing in terms of how you view yourself and your own progression, your own career. You're like, oh, if I just look this way, then I'll be happy. Or if I just get this job, then I'll be happy. If I just reach this milestone, how much I've earned, then I'll be happy. But actually never stopping and, and fully like being happy for what you've achieved or what you have at the current moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're... you're you're touching on a bit also just being in the moment as much as you can be it's funny we were literally talking about this last night and uh it's just very interesting i think there's uh there's a fine line between understanding you need to push on uh and just giving yourself you know a pat on the back so to speak and there's a real equilibrium there and it's funny like you can have moments where you'll do that perfectly and then you just completely drop because some sort of outside yeah. external effect. Will like your friends just bought a house or something and you're yeah. like, oh man, like, I haven't bought a house. Like, yeah. And yeah, then it exactly. throws you off. Exactly. No, I agree. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's I, I think it's almost an, an, an impossible thing. And I think the only way you can do it is, I don't know how much you've worked on this, but just, just appreciate that now. It's like even this morning when I was doing the sort of usual routine, Often you think, like, well, so I've got this ahead, I've got to prepare for this, that sort of thing. But it's like, well, whatever happens, for this next hour of my morning, I'm not going to be able to do that. I have to do yeah. these things. So understanding that is, is, a real, is a real important thing. I don't know. I mean, have you worked on that yourself quite a lot? Majorly, yeah. Because yeah. I see a Reiki healer. Okay. She, cha- she has changed my life. I first saw her in 2017, which was like the worst year of my life. And it was kind of like a last resort thing. I kind of went to the doctors and I was like, give me drugs. And they were like, you need help. And I was like, I don't need a psychologist. <laughs> I need something else. And uh, one of my friends suggested that I see this Reiki healer, which is for people who don't know, it's like a spiritual healer, energy yeah. healer. And I was like, oh, okay, like whatever. I was really skeptical. And I was like, oh God, chakras and all that kind of stuff, which I now believe in. Mm-hmm. But at the time I was just didn't, I was just like, whatever. But I was open to it because I, I just needed help. And she literally changed my life. And um, she would always say to me, she's like, you're not here. You're not present. She's like, she's like, I'm trying to bring you back in the room. She's like, you're just over there. And I was like somewhere yeah, yeah. else. And I knew it. Like I, I was always, my mind was always, I would be talking to you and my mind would be thinking of something else or planning what I was going to do after this or mm-hmm. how I was going to whatever, mm-hmm. just progress in some shape or form. Um, so she really helped me in that sense. 
and doing yoga has really helped. I, I keep, I'm like a little yoga, like, um, big advocate for it. Yeah. What's the yeah. word? What are those people called that they come, come to your house and they Preacher. try and get, get you to convert to, to... Oh, Jehovah's witness. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a yogic witness. Yeah, I feel like that I'm... would be a new one, wouldn't it? Just come to people's doors. Do you do instead of have you discovered God or Jesus? It's, do you do yoga? Hello, sir. No, are your yeah. chakras aligned? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Namaste. <laughs> Namaste. Um, that's fine, by the way. I, I, I think that sort of thing is great. So I, I'm not against it at all. If you're trying to encourage people to do it, no, it's amazing, and it really changed my life. Um, and I, I even got my boyfriend in it. Like he's like fully into it now. Um, and like my, I saw my friend last night, who's kind of like the least spiritual person in the world. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I kind of came at it from a more physical point of view because he was a bit hunched. And I was like, you know what would really help that is yoga. Yeah. <laughs> and he messed me just it's now. He's true. like, what's the name of that app that you use? Oh, really? I was like, yes. <laughs> um, uh, no, I think it's true. I think start off, start off uh, physical. I, I was the same. I sort of, uh, you know, Went to the gym a fair bit and ran that sort of thing. It was stiff as hell, especially as a guy. Well, and like yeah. Guys have these obviously very tight hips and can yeah, barely move. Yeah. But in the end, you 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 catch on to everything else. Have you been doing it a lot? Yeah, loads. Yeah. Because I was like I said, I punished myself in the gym for so long. I was so stiff. And there was one day this guy came up to me in the gym, and he'd always used to come up to me. He'd be like, "Ah, oh, I'm so impressed with your workouts. Like you work out so hard. You're so fit." And one day he came up to me. I just finished, and he's like, I "Just want to say, like, you know, impressive workouts, but." You ever considered doing yoga and Pilates? He's like, you're looking a bit stiff. Oh wow! <laughs> I was well, like, like a granny, wow! Over. I was like, wow! I didn't get angry though because I I knew he was right. Yeah, I knew he was right. Yeah. And I just kind of ignored it for so long because I would kind of walk out with a bit of a limp. Like I was just so tight, hip flexors mm -hmm. from all the spinning and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it kind of just it was like light bulb moment. I was like, ah. Oh. I need to listen now, to now this, you do this more, rude guy. Do that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was really rude, but I appreciate it. <laughs> he was right, though. Would you say you do that more than any other exercise nowadays? I, I balance it out now. Yeah. yeah, I took a long break from any kind of intense exercise because I got, like I said, this autoimmune disorder and like I physically just couldn't run or do anything anymore. Yeah. Um, but now I've recently started incorporating running and hit and all the stuff that I used to love doing again. But now no more. If I feel tired, I won't push it too hard. I'll push it, you know, enough. That's a good workout, but I'm not going to kill myself again yeah. because there's no benefit to that. So could you tell us about your, your autoimmune thing, how, how it came about? <laughs> no, because it, it's, it's, yeah. it's pretty I mean, tough it's... What, what, what you went through. But and then as a result, have you, what, what have you had to change in your life, I guess? Everything. Really? Um, yeah. That bad? Yeah. I mean, I'm very much a kind of part. I always like to see the silver lining in everything. Mm -hmm. And so like in 2019... I guess it was kind of around then that I started getting really tired. And like, I was always full of energy, like crazy energy. I could, I didn't even really need coffee ever. Um, I would barely sleep. I would work because I was working nightlife too. So I'd work nightlife and then wake up after like three hours sleep and just live my day as normal. And then around like 2019, I was just getting really tired and like really bloated and just like, I got this crazy rash like all over my neck and mm -hmm. my face. I think when we first met, I probably had that rash. I don't know. And I don't recall a rash, to be honest. I probably but, hit it quite uh, well. You hit it well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, And I didn't understand what was causing it. I was traveling a lot and I thought maybe I'd picked up some kind of like parasite or something. So I had mm -hmm. all these tests and everything. And it's taken up until like the end of 2020 to realize that um, I have this like 
genetic thing where my white blood cells I lack in a certain type and it causes my mucous membranes to not be like to, to be porous or whatever leaky or whatever so it affects my gut and so now if I eat gluten or dairy and even alcohol as well it causes it triggers this autoimmune reaction so mm -hmm. basically my body just starts killing itself that's <laughs> nice. what it feels like yeah it's horrible nice. when it's like really Sounds bad pleasant. when it's really bad it's honestly what I'd imagine dying would feel like oh god yeah it's it's shit um but no, as long as I'm on top of it and I don't, if I don't stress my body out too much yeah. and, I, and I'm careful with what I eat, then I'm, I'm fine. But what, what triggered what, what's it, it? What's it called? Sorry. I don't know what the name is. I can't remember now. The doctor okay. said, but I was that's like, the science kids. That's the no, word. Yeah. That's yeah. the science. Sorry, go on, carry on. So <laughs> but I just say celiac because it's just easier it's just similar to say to that. Celiac, it's basically okay. the same as celiac. Right, yeah. Okay. Um, but what I think triggered it to be honest was just basically killing myself and just not looking after my, my body and mm -hmm. my body just freaked out and was like, yo, <laughs> like what's going on here? And cause I just, like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't eating enough. And like, there was a period where I was, where I did, was making myself sick as well, which definitely I think was the main cause of it. So that's why I say everything happens for a reason in life. And you've always got to see the silver linings because it made me just stop. Mm. Cause I got so ill, I couldn't even get out of bed. Whereas before I was go, 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 go. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, like I actually physically can't do anything anymore. It made me stop and realize, okay, I need, to, the way I was living is just not sustainable whatsoever. Um, and I need to stop and change it and, and stop being so hard on myself the whole time because yeah. what, what kind of a way to live is that? And not yeah. enjoying anything really. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's funny. I didn't expect you to say any of that, to be honest, when I was preparing for this, I didn't, I didn't know. Because like I said, because you seem so uninhibited, like you don't have, you don't seem particularly a different person on camera from from what I know. I really didn't, I'm quite shocked about that actually. Um, do you mind, do you mind if we touch on what you're saying about, about um, making yourself feel sick? So, I mean, obviously I'm sorry to hear that, that, that you went through that, but do you think it's all connected to the social media element amongst other things or could you really pinpoint it or do you just think? Do you know what? I actually couldn't even explain why. There is no rationale to it. Because even at the time, it's crazy because at the time, you you rationalize it to yourself. But then afterwards, in hindsight, you're like, that makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. It well, literally makes is, yeah, zero sense. You can do that in so many different things as well. Yeah. But I think to be honest, what triggered it was that because leading up to that point, I was working out so hard and I wasn't eating enough. I was super stressed out. Mm -hmm. I had a really bad year in 2017 and I just had, and I never really discussed any of my problems with anyone. Like I don't, and I'd still kind of struggle with it because I don't like burdening people with problems. Everyone has their own crap to okay, do Okay, we're here. This is actually a psychotherapy this is, session. This is actually therapy. So, yeah, yeah, technically. It's just recorded. <laughs> so people can relate to it. Um, I wouldn't mind doing that to me. If it helps at least one person, I don't, you know, I I'm totally, happy. I totally agree, yeah. Um, and I think my body was just so stressed out that I started, I just, I was very malnourished. And so I think I started getting these like crazy cravings. So I would binge. Mm -hmm. And then in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, I've just eaten so much food. I'm going to get fat. And the working out, I was already working out like crazy. I couldn't do that anymore. So that was a, one way to purge the calories I was eating, which mm -hmm. I needed to eat for my body to function. Mm -hmm. So then I started, I was like, oh, well, I can just make myself sick and then I can get rid of the food that way. And it was almost like, I think a purging of this negative, like all this stress and negativity that I was just harboring in like a more spiritual sense. And there was the one, the day that I stopped was 16th of December, 2019. I remember that day very well. And I was flying first class 
from Japan back to London. And for, I don't know if you've flown first class before. Oh no, I'm so sorry. This it was business, sorry, not first. I'm not that bougie. Yeah, it was business. And like you know yet. (laughs) (laughs) And on business, they give you so much food, right? And it's always it's always amazing. Mm -hmm. So I was like, wow, all the food. And I ate so much. And at that time I kind of knew as well that gluten and dairy triggered this stuff that I had going on, but I kind of still was in denial about it, so I was still eating it. So the way I rationalized it was like, oh, I just eaten all these foods that are gonna make me ill. I need to make myself sick to get rid of it. I remember being in the toilets in business class on the flight, mm-hmm. made myself sick. I looked in the mirror and I, I didn't even recognize the person looking back at me. I, I was like, I, that was not the same person. Like I, I didn't know who that person was. My face, I looked like a frog. My face was so like bloated mm-hmm. and my eyes were bloodshot. I just looked, I just looked ill. I looked terrible. And I just looked sad. And I was like, I, this needs to stop. Mm. And that was the day I was like, I need to, make a change and then obviously lockdown happened in March and then that the whole from March throughout the whole of the summer I was just working so hard and just resting and just really focusing on just getting my health back together um and now I feel feel great yeah (laughs) Yeah. yeah. fantastic um thanks for showing that it's really yeah yeah, like, like do you think do you think there's there was a relief in it at first. That may sound like an odd question, but did you get a relief out of doing it at first? At first, yeah, yeah. Was that was it that? Was, it was, was that almost kind of like attraction? in my mind, I was like, I'm winning. Yeah. Like I've 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 figured out like a like a like a loophole here. Like I can get away with you know eating and doing whatever I want, and then just and just being sick. Mm. It's just it's just not it's honestly just nonsense. And there's also in in the media they are they have a lot to answer for to be honest because. There'll be articles where it's like almost glorifying it because you, you'll you read about models like Gigi Hadid and Bella Hadid and there's lots of rumors about them, you know, purging and making themselves sick and that's how they stay so skinny, but yet mm-hmm. they're caught eating burgers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So in a weird subconscious way, girls will read that and think, oh, if they're doing it and they look amazing, then it's all right. And when you Google it and you Google the side effects and the symptom and like the long-term effects of it, nothing really that bad comes up. Or not, not that you think is that bad. Or it just maybe only touches on the physical element when they're not yeah. talking about the mental side. I mean, I mean, for me personally, like the I've like eroded a lot of my teeth. It's funny because I've had Invisalign, so you, I've had my teeth scanned. Yeah. And it's been a whole process of my Invisalign. But two years down the line, so first got them scanned, and now two years down the line, even I can see where my bottom teeth have like eroded down from mm. the scan. Mm. And I'm like, oh crap, like that's not good. Um, and also, obviously, I triggered this autoimmune disorder, which I think. It's Probably quite common. I think mm. a lot of people that might happen to all the bloating and my hair, my hair, like I lost like half my hair. Um, when, when you in, from in, the stress through, of it, yeah. The of it. Oh, that's growing back now, which is really nice. I've got like all the baby hairs coming through, which is made me feel so happy again. So I would never ever relapse back into that state. But I just, if anyone else went through what I did, it's just it makes me really sad to think yeah. about someone else going through that. And any. Without being too general, any advice? I mean, and you know, because I always think these sort of things are fascinating in the sense. Obviously, I've told you what half the reason why we do why we do this and what I have planned planned and for the future and stuff. And I think if people can realise, sometimes on the flip side, you know, when we talked about being quite introspective, the other side is being when you're so introspective, you sort of get lost in it a bit. Yeah, I think sometimes absolutely. if you can almost take yourself out and look, imagine you're a little guy over there looking at you, you'd probably yeah. laugh at yourself and think you're so ridiculous. And I, I, f- I found that help, 
helpful. I don't know if that was a similar thing for you, apart, obviously you saw yourself in the mirror and you thought, no, and that's kind of a similar thing. Would there be anything else that really stood out that that, that sort of struck a chord of you when you mm. said enough is enough or was it just I the particular moment? Unfortunately for me, I'm kind of a person, I'm quite headstrong. Mm. And there were a few people in my life who were worried about me and did try and help, but because I was, I was so, you know, intent on what I was doing was the right thing. I didn't really listen to it. So for me, I had to hit rock bottom before I realized that I'm just kind of ruining myself. Yeah. Most people do, by the way. I don't, yeah. I, I think it's all not, down, down to themselves not, at the end of the day. But is that, does that have to happen? I don't know. I mean, if any advice I could give to someone who's going through, I think question why, why are you doing it? What, what is what is the actual because it's all very well and good treating the symptoms but that is a symptom of further problems that mm-hmm. you're you know it's inside of yourself mm-hmm. so it's all very well stopping yourself but what's actually causing you doing it I think that's something to, that, you, that people should consider whether reaching out and speaking to someone like a professional or starting to maybe just sit with yourself and and try and get to know yourself a bit better or, or start journaling I, love, I feel like journaling has been great great yeah, release. It's one of the best things you can do. Just start writing and just all this stuff comes out and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? Oh, I actually feel that. That's great. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, And I just think, just stop being so hard on yourself. Pretty much. Just some self-love. Did you you speak to people in similar situations at the time? Or have you since? Not really, no. I've never really... I'm open about it now because I feel like it's behind me. But at the time, I was so embarrassed. Mm. I never really... I never spoke about it to anyone, to be honest. And if anyone did try and speak to me about it, I would shut them down and just like, I would, oh, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not doing it anymore. Or be like, no, I, I haven't done it in ages kind of thing. Because uh, I never wanted to confront it. And I, like, I don't, I still don't understand why. Do, do you think, what well, I was going to ask, do you think it's connected to when you first started getting in front of the camera a lot? No, in, in, no? it's nothing. You, I think don't think it's, you think it's earlier than that? I've always struggled with my, with like eating since I was like 16, I guess. Okay. Actually, funnily enough, I've now like thinking about it and in hindsight, I think it has a lot to, to being on the contraceptive pill. Okay. Combined with my personality type because mm-hmm. the pill that I was on, it increases. I was on the progesterone only pill, mm-hmm. which for girls out there, they'll know what that means. And I was... I feel like I half know what that means, <laughs> but not quite. <laughs> Do you not, have you got any idea? No idea at all. So it's a hormone that's... Because obviously girls go through their cycle and all the hormones change the whole time. Progesterone is it increases stress within your body. Like, mm-hmm. it, so if you're a naturally stressed out person, which I wasn't really ever before, but I was always quite type A, I think that just kind of supercharged that. And when I started taking the pill when I was 16, that's when I started having these problems and I would just stress and I would, and I was so skinny. And, and I think it, to be honest, it messed up my personality a lot being on yeah. the pill. I know a lot of girls who've either had um, the implant or they've had to go in between different pills because they're just a different person. It's just, it's, but it's, it's, ter- not, it's, terrible, it's not good. Really. Yeah. And the, the fact that that's normalized, I don't obviously like you don't want to get pregnant, but at the same time, it, it, it's, not who, it's not you, that's not who you are. Yeah. Um, so I can't fully blame it on that, but I think it does have a lot to do with it. Um, so so it's, it's early, you think it's more deep rooted than just being in front of the camera essentially? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, obviously, that has a part to play. You know, you'll watch videos and you think, oh, I look a bit fat there. Or, oh, I got a double chin when I pull that face. Or Yeah, yeah good point. <laughs> <laughs> Just, Just, back. Yeah, sorry. I need to change my pose. Cut, cut. <laughs> um, no, sorry. So, you, you, yeah, it's definitely connected to that, but you think it's, it, it's more deep-rooted. Yeah. 
I think it all stems from just not loving yourself, right? Gotta love yourself. You have to. Otherwise, you're just gonna be, you, you, you'd be the biggest bully ever, always. To yourself. To yourself, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about what, you know, like when you talked about the pill. Like, if you don't mind me asking, have you been off it since you were a teenager? Have you taken periods off it? So, yeah, I was on and off it for like, since the age of 16 to 23. And for the last two years, I've not touched it. And, and just feel much better. I feel like a different person. Like I literally feel, I feel great. Yeah. And I think it's almost like I'm, I've gone through a second puberty. I know mm -hmm. that sounds really, I think that's a bit crass to like talk about, but it's true because it, it's like the, you're taking hormones and like those hormones are changing your body. And at 16, that's so young, but that's normal. Yeah. That was normal. And it still is. To it's be still taking, very normal. Taking yeah, yeah. hormones when your body is developed. And I was a late developer as well. So like, when I look back at it, I'm just like, wow, I can't believe that doctors are actually like are proponents of this. But well, for like, obvious reasons, because they don't yeah, want it's, it's teenage honest, pregnancies. But you do but... hear continuous stories of where it's all over the place and it's kind of handed out like candy. You, yeah, and then if you if if a if a girl or late or woman, sorry, uh, takes it for too long, then they really struggle with being the, the sort of fertility side for a while, for a good six months. Yeah, there's that as well, yeah. Which which I think is just really unfair really, but but anyway, I, I obviously wanted to touch on, I mean, you mentioned your psychology earlier and obviously we're in a mm. psychotherapy session at the mm, moment. Yeah, we are. Jesus. Um, but, but, <laughs> which, is, which is nice, by the way. I'm really glad you feel comfortable enough to, to express yourself. But uh, you did a psychology degree. I did. First, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't you tell? <laughs> uh, do you think that connect, has connected at all to your career? Do you think it's yeah, helped at all? massively. People always say to me, they're like, you don't feel like you wasted your time going to university and studying psychology. No, I don't think so. I, when, when, I read, when I read about it and, and saw it in one of your videos, it made sense. Yeah, I, 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 I always wanted to go to drama school. That's mm -hmm. what I wanted to do. But my school wouldn't let me. They were like, drama school's a waste of time. You need to go to a proper university and do a proper subject. And I was like, okay, well, I didn't want to do any of my A-levels. I did biology, chemistry, French and geography. Mm -hmm. oh, I didn't really want to do any of those. I love biology, but... I didn't really want to do it for a degree. So I was like, oh, well, what's what's a subject that ever, I can actually talk to people about and it's actually relatable to everyday life? Psychology, you know, people, pe people are everywhere. You know, businesses can't run without people. So yeah, I did that. And it, I, I'm happy I did it because I feel like it's given me a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not, va not validity, but it's given me a lot of like... Um, Perhaps value value when you meet someone. Yeah, I think it changed when I tell people like that I got a degree and on the result and everything. It kind of oh, you think people changed are like, their perspective oh, okay. of me. Yeah, right, yeah, and, yeah. and actually, because I think being like a young blonde girl, mm -hmm. especially when I just left university, like you know, posting pics on Instagram and bikinis and stuff, people don't maybe necessarily think you got much in between the ears. Yeah, there's um, definitely a blanket assumption. Yeah, for sure. And which is a shame, but and I think. And I would always see it. Like I would see people's in their eyes change. They're like, mm. oh, oh shit. Like this girl's not, <laughs> not just, you know, what I thought she was. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also in the sense that I, it definitely did develop my, my way of thinking in a different way. Like more analytical, more thorough. I've always been curious. Like I've always loved reading. And, but it's definitely helped in terms of developing arguments and like being more thorough in developing arguments and, and and being more critical and just critical thinking yeah do, do you think 
uh, like when you, when you when you present on TV, right, and you meet people and you chat to them, do you think it naturally? Maybe I think in part people have sort of have it, or they don't, or they're naturally more aware of other people's body language and all these things, or maybe just have a almost like a sixth sense. But do you think that also helps? Because when you engage with people, you you can tell if they really want to be talking to you, and then you can try and disarm <laughs> them or yeah. all that sort of thing. Because I've noticed it's quite important with what. With what we're doing. Do not I give the impression say, that I don't want to talk to you? <laughs> yeah, fr- frankly, I think we should uh, stop now. <laughs> it's a bit awkward. Yeah, it's, re- it's really, really awkward. You're, you're, there's no, there's a big barrier here, guys. <laughs> In case you can't tell, there's a big barrier. <laughs> um, no, but I'd like, okay, so I'd put it this way. I, I don't think this is a secret, but I've, I'm, if there's one thing I could compliment myself on, I think in general, I usually disarm people quite quickly when I speak to mm, them. I noticed and, that about you. Yeah, so... So, and, and I wasn't aware of it until more recently. And I I'm almost don't want to be aware of it because that's, that's the interesting part. So I would just, there's two sides to it really. You know, you, you want to, especially in the world that we're kind of, I'm in a bit and you have your own thing too. You want to be aware of some stuff. But I think there is an element of, you want it to be as natural as po- possible, but you have to be, it's such a fine balance. And I just wondered if you think you've done it quite naturally or you've been quite conscious of it. Or you think it's just generally the psychology element has given you a bit of a, a strength of what you do, what you do. If anything, but the psychology element of it has given me more understanding about people and being less, not that I was ever judgmental to be honest, um, but kind of less, I think more open to understanding why people behave the way they do. So like if someone's standoffish with me or if someone's shy around me or if someone's rude or if someone's short, like I kind of, before I would get offended and or I would get upset, but now it's more like an understanding of why perhaps they're doing that. Um, and I think, same as you, like, I think I'm quite good at getting people to open up to me. And yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'm quite good at not disarming people, but yeah, like making people feel comfortable around me. And I think that stems from being, from being a bit of a, a weird kid at school, you know? <laughs> I was a bit of a You top- weren't weird. I, you weren't I was weird. A, I you was were definitely bit, the popular one at school. Uh, I mean, I wasn't unpopular, but I was definitely kind of like a bit of a tomboy. I wasn't one of the pretty girls or anything like that. And I wasn't bullied per se, but... I wasn't, uh, yeah, I definitely experienced some kind of at times feeling of being left out or whatever. So I understand, I understand if I feel like I, I get people who maybe feel like they're a bit of an outsider or because mm. I used to game and I used to do all that kind of, like I used to play Sims for like on RuneScape for like eight hours at a time and just be outside you're, you're with the horses and the animals. Yeah, you're master, gamer major, slash horse rider. Major. Yeah. What's um, your occupation, gamer and horse rider? It's, it's uh, a cool combo. Yeah, yeah it's a cool combo. So you, I'd say I, I just hated video games. I thought they were, yeah, I know. Are you okay? Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> we'll move on. We'll move on. So you went to boarding school, right? Mm. All girls or mixed? No, mixed, yeah. Yeah, me too. Do you think Did it, you? Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. one? Went to, uh, there's public, they may they may oh. uh, stalk us. No, I'm joking. I went to a school called Mill Hill, which was. Uh, oh, yeah, we used to play them. Oh, uh, did you? What school did you go to? The Lees. The Lees, okay, Cambridge, yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't, didn't like them. Why? Because we were better than you. Probably not. We used to beat um, you at sport all the time. Don't know about that. In fact, <laughs> I'm not going to go into it because I don't want to talk about my sporting prowess, but we were, <laughs> <laughs> we were very good. But I found uh, it, when looking back on it, first of all, I still almost think it was the best time of my life. I really do. Really? Yeah, I think wow. it was that good. Um, and it was such a privilege to be there. And I also, mm. you know, when you talk about privilege, I don't I don't mind admitting that that is a thing that happened and, and I'm quite proud of it as long as I have the balance that I have and I'm willing to speak to anyone and all this sort of thing. But I thought... The reason why I asked is because I know people who've gone to all single set schools and I think you see the difference in them. 
You think? Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you? you? Think they're just awkward around, or like. Yeah, a, a little bit. Too sexually charged. It's just they're just yeah, yeah. They're just a bit behind that, and and especially single, uh, sorry, uh, all boys schools. I think they. It's a it's a generalization. I'm not saying it's for everyone, but there's definitely guys you can see that they 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 they, they generally perceive women differently because they haven't had their formative years regularly around the opposite yeah. sex. Yeah, which I is think just, it's a very archaic system. I think yeah, I think they're being phased medieval. out gradually though, which is a good thing. Yeah, pretty much everywhere, but they'll be. We'll still have our Eton boys and Harrow boys, I think. Of course we will, yeah. Running running our, our running our country. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, we don't want to talk about that. But the, what but, but what but what I was gonna say about that is what was fascinating and because you know, you the reason why I touched on this because you said you, you you were a late bloomer and it wasn't bully per se. Did you find you evolved a lot once you were around the opposite sex a lot and just socializing with them? Because I saw boys who were so awkward. At 13, 14, within a year, they're like just like chilling with all the girls, and then it was beautiful to see. Yeah, I think I was with one of my old school best friends last night, and he was like my brother at school. And it made me think back to that time and how we all were like siblings, and mm. like we were all so comfortable around each other. And like, and I feel now, I, I don't know, yeah, like I have no, I'm not awkward around guys, like, or. Yeah, I just feel like it's very comfortable because I think we were just so submerged together. And, and you can be friendly with guys. I mean, some people think you, yeah, can't, yeah, yeah, you can't be like plutonic or whatever. Which I've is got just... loads of great close guy friends. Um, but I think also because I was a bit of a, like I said, a bit of a tomboy at school too. So I was kind of more... What, playing rugby with a guy? I actually did play rugby, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was totally being sarcastic. But <laughs> I right. did. <laughs> you full on got on a rugby field. I full film. on, full, full contact. Watch out, guys. <laughs> don't, don't fuck with Alex Gray. What's your favorite book? So my favorite book is, it's going to sound really lame, but it's not. I really recommend you read it. It's amazing. It's a book by, what's her name? Diana, I can't remember the author's surname. But it's, it's called A Little Light on the Spiritual Laws. Okay. And it was one of the first kind of like spiritual books that I'd ever read. And a guy in my old office, he suggested it to me. He was this guy called Bidden. Big up Bidden. He was amazing. Sub Bidden. And um, he recommended it to me. And that time I was kind of just like kind of starting kind of to open my mind up to that kind of world. And I would say it changed my life as well. Because it it just changes your perspective on what life is kind of about and like the deeper meaning of it I think we get we all get carried away with the grind and like the capitalistic lifestyle and um consumerism and constantly trying to buy things and and we kind of forget what life is actually really about and this book kind of just reinforces that and grounds you again and um and you it's one of those books you can just dip in and out of you don't yeah. you don't have to follow it along you can yeah. kind of open it up and read certain chapters whatever you feel like at the time so i recommend it to everyone a little light on the spiritual laws diana by, cooper by a, diana cooper diana cooper and did um did the so what, like for example when you talked about spirituality like do you are you say a meditator do you do you do a bit of that do you do anything along those lines as well or just yeah so i did a little meditation before i came here it was um a <laughs> I, I love doing guided meditations yeah i think they're great yeah agreed. So this one it's I use my favorite YouTube channel for guided meditations is Rise Higher Meditation, I think it's called. But it's a woman called Jess Shepherd. She's an Australian woman. Mm -hmm. And she's incredible. And um, the first one I did of hers was a Meet Your Spirit guide meditate guided meditation. It's like half an hour long, but I cried. I cried so much. 
And it's shocking that, isn't it? How it can. Yeah, it was amazing. You just don't know where it comes from, but. And it, the, the time passed by so yeah. fast as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the one I did before I came here was a. It was like a. Release your unlock your potential kind of thing. <laughs> release anxiety like, before you get on camera with Mike. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like a law of attraction kind of one. Yeah. Um, and that went really fast as well because I think people get intimidated by just kind of just sitting in silence with their eyes shut with themselves and it's you know kind of checking like how long I'm left have I got left like left to do of this but when you have someone guiding you through it and you just kind of listen to them and you kind of zone into this whole other dimension it mm. just i think it's way more effective i agree i think i think um it definitely encourages you to sort of what i talked about earlier about understand like just how to be in the moment and not worry about too much of it either side which i think is essential because like you said the, the way the world works you're just so distracted and then you've got so, yeah, yeah. social media and everything else and it's great great that that, that happened for you i mean you, you, you know, you mentioned sort of 2017 being the tough year. I assume all, all these sort of things we're talking about obviously helps you, but could you, would you mind maybe elaborating a bit on why it was such a tough year? Sure. Yeah, I so finished university, so I didn't know what I was going to do in my life. Mm -hmm. So I had that. Um, my parents went through like a massive separation. Mm -hmm. My mom was in a very bad place. My grandma died. And this is going to sound kind of lame, but my pets growing up were like, they were, they were my family. They were because I wasn't. I'm not an only child, but I grew up in a country house, which was very isolated. Obviously, I went to boarding school, but I didn't. When I was at home, I didn't really have anyone around, so my mm. pets were like my best friends. I had like three of my pets die in that year. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, um, oh. and just I'm sure some people will get that. I mean, I I, yeah, I didn't grow it was up major with, for with me. pets, like, but like I can imagine it would be. It was heart like honestly, it was heartbreaking, and it took a long time for me to come to terms with it. Um, and just all these, just, it was just kind of like bad thing after bad thing after bad thing yeah. kept happening. Yeah. It was like, imagine being in a fight and get like a boxing match, constantly being punched, punched down, punched down, punched down. You try and get up, you get punched down mm -hmm. again. And eventually you just get knocked out. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And it just, it was just all a bit too much. And I guess it kind of, but then I think, you know, everyone has, you know, I've, you know, those, those bad things, are probably nothing in comparison to other people's bad things. And at the end of the day, everyone has bad things happen to them and it's all relative. Yeah. And so I every, think... every, every individual is, you know, people, people get funny about saying, oh, you know, I have it harder than you, but everybody has their own shit. Everyone has their own shit. And at the end of the day, I think what makes you stronger is how you grow from it and how mm -hmm. you learn from it. Because, you know, life is all, it's about managing the struggles and how you, grow from those struggles and I always say no experience is a bad experience as long as you learn from it mm -hmm. um, and I always think everything I love I love to always think that everything happens for a reason I think that's a really nice way of seeing things because then you always kind of try and see you always then try and see the benefit of it and try and see the positive of it um, and it helps you just motivates you to carry on going right because otherwise life is just futile like yeah you, you, have, just, you, have, you, have, you have to yeah, it's a, yeah you have to accept that <laughs> It's yeah. not. It's not always going to go smoothly. I think that's half the battle. If you just go, okay, there will be bad days, and you get over it quicker because you're like, well, this is just you can let it sort of go over your head or run through you to some extent. Yeah, but I think as well, I think we kind of live in a society where it's almost we shouldn't feel anxious and we shouldn't have anxiety and we shouldn't be depressed. But mm. actually, we should. That's only those are only natural human reactions. It's very important to embrace more, more now than ever as well. I think. Yeah, I think it's important to embrace when you're sad and embrace when you're feeling anxious mm. and just accept that. 
those are emotions and, and they're natural and it's okay to feel that way, especially if you've just experienced something very traumatic. I don't like how antidepressants are handed out again, like candy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, I think it can cause a lot of problems um, me- mentally for people and psychosomatically. Um, and what's because it's, it's such a like what you mentioned with, the, with the pill people. yes it's but it's a it's a chemical it's a complete chemical thing that completely changes your general chemical balance i mean i i know a lot of people who've been through who've been on antidepressants at war still are whatever and some people can handle it especially with a small dose it can have a you know reasonable oh, yeah, they have their they have their place for sure like mm. i'm not dismissing them entirely but but yeah i, I agree in general people stay on it too long and they mix it with alcohol or something like that. And it's yeah, just... Yeah, or they don't get the right counselling which or therapy, which really you do need. Like, mm. they're, they're great. Antidepressants are great on combined. But by themselves, I think it's there's no way off them, really. Antidepressants are combined with what? Combined you know, with... A bit like... of diazepam. <laughs> 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 We're no, not advertising that, no by the way. way. <laughs> not... No way. Combined um, with... Uh, like CBT or you know yeah agreed trying to agreed. trying to figure out how to make your because everything you everything from life comes from within right even mm-hmm. everything I'm seeing in this room that we see in life is perspective that's how we see it mm-hmm. and once you change your perspective you change your life um, so it's being able to realize that and realize that life happens for you not against you um, and I think a lot of people kind of fall into a habit of feeling like I a like victim. that one Sorry to cut you off there. I like that one. Because we, we, we've done so many of these. Some people have great... I like that one a lot, yeah. Yeah. Quote. Um, I've got a quote there. That's going to be in the trailer. Got the quote. Um, um, sorry, life happens for you, for you, not against you. And I think it's very important to never victimise yourself and feel like you're the victim. Yeah. And actually, you're the one who's in control of your life. Completely agree. I, I also think the other the flip side to that is once you get to that you, you and you understand yourself more you can start to understand more people and, and realize that every, pretty much everything is individual perce- perception. So there's no way, and you, as soon as you get that, you usually get an empathy, which I think, again, like when we're talking about with our sort of jobs and what we do, it helps a lot. Cause, because it's, you just, you just, you, I think you immediately just deflate yourself and the situation by doing that. So, yeah, okay, sorry, so favorite movie? <laughs> My favorite movie is, it's- bit abstract it's a french movie okay um which i studied at a level funnily enough but i had the most amazing french teacher and it was a french film called le carson coup or in english it's the, the 400, 400 blows, blows. Yeah. you know it yeah of course wow so. do you yeah. like it you hate it don't you no i think it's probably one of the best movies i've ever watched really yeah. francois truffaut one of francois his first truffaut. films also, 1956 also, black and white oh well, yeah nice 56 the famous shot of um going through paris at the start is amazing yeah and, and you know there's only two songs in the whole film well, I know, I know it's famous for like quite a lot of continuous shots, which we can't, we don't even do nowadays. And the 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 young kid who played played the child, he was amazing. Yeah, he was amazing. But he he studied throughout, as far as like acting's gone, as far as what I understand, like what his characterization, what he did, and the subtleties he did, especially at the end when he gets interviewed, um, or when he's going in on the beach or whatever. Is that that's at the end? The right? final scene. Yeah, yeah, I cried the first time I watched. Yeah, did you? <laughs> yeah. Any any particular reason why that that resonates so much? I love how it's shot. Yeah. I love the simplicity, yet the complexity of it. I think it's beautiful how he shot it in the sense that, like I said, there's only two two songs in the film. There's nothing superfluous distracting away from the psychology of the story, and that's mm-hmm. what I really like. I love the kind of um, the, 
the looking into the relationship with the mother and and the kind of independence of this young boy and he's kind of like he's kind of called like the and a young adult like he thinks he's way older than he really is and in a, in a way he actually is because he's a very mature for his age but yeah i just i think i just like how he i just like the psychology of the film really yeah it's fascinating and if anybody's listening they didn't hear it first it's called the 400 blows and it's a very good movie um what do you think I'm your so best? Impressed you've seen it, by the way. No oh, one's really? ever heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I studied French at school, and then. Ah, and, and, there we yeah. go. See? Okay. Great minds think alike. Good schools. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the privilege that we have. Yeah, uh, that's true. What is your best quality? Um, sensitivity. I used to hate it. I used to hate how sensitive I am. Like if someone, if you shouted at me right now, I'd probably cry. <laughs> At school, okay, we're not going to do that. <laughs> we're not going to do a social experiment and try and make you cry. Just to be clear, no. At school, I used to, like if I used to get told off, I would always cry. Like I can't help it. Mm-hmm. But I see, I used to break myself for being so sensitive or like, getting hurt very easily. But and now, like as I'm getting older, I'm realizing it's actually a, a good thing. Yeah, it probably also connects to emotional intelligence. Yeah, I'm kind of. I, I, I saw like another spiritual healer and I kind of complained about it because yeah we actually picked up on it already he's like you're I can see you're very sensitive blah blah and then I complained about it to him he's like no 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 like this is this is your quality like this is what makes you special because it I feel like I have to spend a lot of time alone mm-hmm. because I I kind of feel like sometimes I take on the weight of the world too much and then I have to just be alone just kind of I, I like thinking I reflect a lot and like I like to be alone just reflect and just kind of cleanse any just kind of just you know, get my energy back to 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 where it should be, and then mm-hmm. I'm ready to go out again. Um, so. you, would you say you're good at being alone? Yeah, I love it. Have you always been like that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not it's not a newfound thing. You would naturally like that because mm. some people really struggle with that. No, I don't at all. I really enjoy my company. It's that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Just me. Sometimes the little animals. Just me and the cat. And me and the cat. Yeah. Do you have a cat? Yeah. Well. Yeah. 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 I do. It's my sister's cat, which I don't really see as my cat, but my cat. From my mum, who's at my mum's house. It's my baby. Okay, so a couple last questions. Talk all day. Firstly, yeah, you could. (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking. Um, So there's always a few questions I'd like to ask at the end, which are a bit deep, but I hope I hope you enjoy them. So firstly, uh, what is happiness to you? Um, Happiness is being. I think it's being fully grateful for everything that you have and everything that's happened to you in life and loving yourself and those around you okay without any agenda i always like really thinking about when i ask that question it's, it's really interesting it's a really hard question yeah well i i just find it um everybody's got their own version of it which is great it really is quite diverse in what people answer and yeah, it's just, I think it's, not, I think it's also to some extent good for people to express it. Uh, and then the last question is, what do you hope for on your deathbed? What do you mean? What do I hope for on my deathbed? Well, well, obviously <laughs> <laughs> that's the first time someone said it. Like <laughs> what I mean by that is what do you hope to look back on fondly on your deathbed? Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, I just want to feel like I look back and think I really lived life to the max and um, I lived a, a life true to myself mm. and and I and I didn't let any inhibitions or fear get in the way of of doing that. Yeah, it's just funny when you answer. It's like it's not like oh, I'd hope I live longer. <laughs> no way! No, I don't really like, want to get old, to be honest. You, you don't want to get old? Not really. But what What do you mean by that? Well, like I don't want to. You know, I I love being young and 
I love like... You don't want to like cut off at 50 and say, oh, the wrinkles are getting too strong there. No, but I, I have arthritis. So like, <laughs> the, the, I, I'm struggling a little bit now with my joints. So I'm like, huh, how am I going to be when I'm like 60? Yeah. So in that sense, I'm like, mm, I don't know. Because I love being active and like doing stuff. Yeah, so. yeah. We'll see. Well, we, you know, we'll find some sort of marijuana-based uh, <laughs> medicine for you. <laughs> it's going to oh, be yeah. part of the Babylonian mission. Some ointment or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, listen. Thank you. That was amazing. Oh, thanks it was for really, me. really good. And uh, thank you for sharing with us everything. And hopefully, it will help a few people out. Yeah, I really hope so. Cool. So, so going back to the uh, eating disorder, would would you call it bulimia? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's definitely defined. Is there anything you want to do more on it? And what I mean by that is, would you like to speak to speak to people about it? I'd even be open to us doing something within Babylonia on it where you can get maybe girls put questions out anonymously and you answer them. Is there anything you'd like to do on that front? I de- 100%. I think it's kind of taken me up until this point to actually <laughs> come out with it publicly mm-hmm. because I didn't know how to approach it and I wasn't fully over it. So you can't really speak about something to help someone if you've not fully kind of concrete in your mind, right, I'm, I'm finished with it kind of thing. I'm still trying to think like how the best way to do it is because I know lots of girls and guys, actually. I was going to say when I said girls yeah. ask questions, I did immediately think that's a generalization because you, do, no, but it's, you but do hear about guys who suffer from it as well, more and more as well. Yeah, what's the sad thing about guys is that they don't talk about it because At it's... All. No. Yeah. I think as well because they don't realize it's a problem. I know guys who do it and who are definitely anorexic, but they've not acknowledged it. Mm-hmm. They've not acknowledged it as a problem. They just see it as it's just something. It's just something that they that that maybe is part of their personality. Um, but because it's so widely spoken about amongst you know females, it's kind of acknowledged that you know this is actually a problem that <laughs> you you need help. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think. I don't know. Yeah, I'm still trying to like figure out the best way to kind of get the message across about really the impacts of it. Because for me, what didn't stop me, let's say, sooner sooner enough was that I didn't realize how bad the side effects were going to be. I just kind of thought, oh, yeah, people talk about these side effects, but it's fine. Like a bit of bloating here. I I thought I was looking after my teeth enough. Obviously, I wasn't. I thought, oh, if I just, you know, use mouthwash afterwards or I use toothpaste afterwards, I'll be fine. It doesn't work like that. Um, and I feel like if you Google it, it's all very kind of soft online. And there are still loads of forums of girls promoting it and glorifying it. And and it's just such a toxic, when you, as soon as you Google it, it's so toxic and it's horrible. So I think because I'd str- struggled so badly physically from it, I'd really want to get that message across. Yeah. Because I think that would be enough to stop someone from doing it. You know, you know, you were saying glorifying it. And I know you touched on that earlier, but what, what do you like really mean by glorifying? I don't know, be what because models do it, therefore you should do it if you have ambition. But there's, there's, there's got to be more to it than that, surely. I think there's a lot of like, there's a lot of pressure on girls to look a certain way, and there always has been, and mm-hmm. there probably always will be, unfortunately, um, because we're all aesthetic creatures and we we care a lot about our appearances. Um, and it's kind of seen as like this quick fix way to kind of probably lose weight or, and it's it's spoken about a lot by celebrities. Mm -hmm. And I think when young girls or, or even guys or anyone see celebrity talking about it or someone who's famous or someone who's been successful in a weird kind of messed up way, subconsciously, this, this was the case for me. I think it kind of made it okay to do it. 
Or like, unless it's a rite of passage sort of thing. Yeah. Which is a fucked up message, isn't it? Yeah. Because whenever I've heard any celebrities talk about it, they've never really expressed how bad it really is. Mm. They kind of just like, oh yeah, I had bulimia for a bit. I was making myself sick. And then they kind of stop there. Or they say, oh yeah, I, I, I don't know, had like a really puffy face. Mm. And you hear that and you're like, oh, well, it's not that bad. And then sometimes they make a joke, but I was skinny. Exactly. Yeah. And that's not good. <laughs> yeah. Because then it, it kind of, like you said, gives you the right of passage thing. Oh, well, it's not that bad. Then I'll just do it. Mm. But do, do you think, do you think you suffer from anxiety as well? Or you did at the time and it was a symptom of that or? or yeah, I think I did. Definitely it was, did it the was completely time. individual. So it, it was it's very connected, you think? Yeah. I mean, do I have anxiety now? I think I have moments. Yeah. But I'm better at controlling it. Mm. Um, because I, I became aware of it and I became, I figured out what works for me and what doesn't, what doesn't work is making yourself sick. Yeah. Um, it's just, it was just a journey that, yeah, that I had to go through for for that kind of self-acceptance. Um, in terms of what triggered it, it's just so complex. It's 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 bound, it's bound to be multiple things. It's not about, it's not. I mean, I was, I was wondering when you mentioned your 2017, is it that when it started? Yeah. 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 When I was in an office job, funnily enough. Yeah. And I think that's as well. That's what office jobs are doing. That's to what you office guys. jobs are doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, but I think it definitely did play a part mm. because I just felt like I wasn't, I wasn't being true to myself. I think as well, mm. that, that was a major part of it. And then it, and then I just got sucked into it and then it was just kind of downhill from there. Yeah, it's just, um, it's a, and listen, it's a scary thing. I've never suffered from it, but it's obviously so connected to to mental health, which I care a lot about. Um, on that point of, I get, well, I, get, I guess what you probably thought you were alone in how you felt, right? Would that would, would that is that a big part of it? I just didn't even think about it, to be honest. <laughs> At the time, I didn't even lament over it, or I just accepted it as. It just made sense to me. That's the crazy thing. It actually just made sense. And I just kind of accepted it as being part of like how I would function. It felt very normal. Yeah, it felt normal and how I'd function in day-to-day life. Yeah, do you think it took a while before you even realized you were doing it, if you know what I mean? Yeah, in a way. It was so, it was so blase or like it was just so accepted. Like, yeah, it it's was like when you hear of other so traumatic things, me. it takes a while to catch up. It was just so easy to do it and no one would know. You know, I could just slip off and go do my thing and then come back and... I might have a bit of, the thing is my, my face got like, oh, I've got, still got scar tissue where my, where my, um, that's another thing, where my um, salivary glands are mm-hmm. from the acid, just burning it constantly. So you were doing it that often? There would be periods where I would do it maybe like two days, two times in a day or three times in a day. Yeah, yeah. For like. Fucking hell. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, that's so intense. But that's when. That's when I was just feeling really terrible and I was just feeling really low. And, and that I, I'm just trying to think if what, what would trigger it. I think there would always be some kind of trigger. I think I was really lonely as well because mm-hmm. I was traveling so much for work too. And it was kind of like, I would probably eat to kind of fill this kind of, maybe I was, the thing is I wasn't lonely because I was around people, but I was missing out on my friend's birthdays. I wasn't seeing any of my close friends really. Mm-hmm. And I'm terrible. I'm a terrible virtual communicator. So I wouldn't yeah. reply to people's text yeah, I messages. Know, right? I, I noticed. <laughs> I noticed. Thank you. <laughs> and it, it doesn't fill anything for me. Like talking, text someone doesn't. I, I, I agree to some extent. It's, it's not, there's it. no human connection to it. And, and the other thing I was thinking about with you in particular, because you're, you're not 
you're not, you're not really a drug taker or drink or anything like that or haven't no, been at really, all. Not much, no. So this is the one that got you. This, yeah, this was the yeah. one that got me. <laughs> no, because it's like, it's, it's uh, you know, there's two sides to that is, is everybody has a vice to some extent, which is more, uh, you know, more light luxury. But then unfortunately the way the world works and the way, because we, we don't, we're not given enough time or maybe taught in a more spiritual sense at school how to understand ourselves. It's this, what I also talk about, it's like the invisible barrier. Like you don't know what the difference is. You can't really break through it, so you're held back. And then and, and you have this sort of anecdotal feeling of like, oh, I, I, I don't know how, who I am. And then you do subconscious actions. And I think that's what's so fascinating when like you talk, when we speak to other people, is there is this, not moment, but it's just time spent on the earth gives you a better chance to discover things and, and know yourself. And yeah, I mean, obviously you still can't pinpoint it, but the 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 positive is your way through it. You seem, you seem very at ease at talking about it, by the way, which, which is, no, <laughs> which is so, weird. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? I think, cause I feel like I've really cleaned my hands of it now mm. and it almost seems like a different lifetime. Mm. It doesn't, it doesn't feel that recent anymore. I keep, I really feel like a completely different person now today. If I compare myself today. This is what Babylonia does for people, guys. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. That was nice to hear. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> No, but so this time last year, I, was, I wasn't making myself sick anymore, but I was just in a really bad way. Like mm. I was just really tired and exhausted and run down and burnt out. I was super burnt out. Like I love my job and I love traveling, but it, it really did. It was like intense and I didn't have any break from it. And obviously it didn't help what I was doing to myself. Um, but you do feel isolated in that job sometimes. Yeah, because, you know, when you're work, you I was going away and working. I wasn't going away and going on holiday. Mm. I was going away with my colleagues who are great. I love them and they're amazing. They're really supportive. But there is still that work environment, you know, and you still, there's still the, the strong element of professionalism that you've got to maintain. Mm. And like, I've been constantly, I'm always, I was kind of looked upon to be the person who brought the energy and the smile and the good vibes. And the, the performer. So the performer, yeah. yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure on that. And when I wasn't, there'd be days when I really wasn't feeling well at all and I was tired and I just felt drained, but I'd still have to like put on that smile and, you know, bring, bring the energy, um, which is really tough. Um, and yeah, I just started to feel kind of isolated because I didn't feel like I could really talk to anyone about it, but also because I'm not very good, I'm not, still not very good at talking to people about problems. Well, you've, you've done a great session I've done today. a good job now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did... Were you confronted about it a lot by close friends or anything? Never. Never. You kept I, it that well hidden or you just people, people ignored well it? I kept it very well hidden. And I also, I would always, if I, if I did tell people, I would always make it seem very lighthearted, like it was nothing. Oh, like, oh, I was just a bit drunk, puked up, something like that. Yeah, or I would just, or I'd be like, oh, I felt really sick. I, I had to make myself sick. I would kind of gloss over. I'm very good at like glossing over things, I yeah. think. Um. And a part of me did, does feel a bit, not angry, but a bit like, I kind of wish the people I had told and who knew about it to the serious degree tried to help me more, but. I think it's so hard for the people that are close I, to you. It's I see it in so many different parallels. It's impossible, parallel. yeah. Like, how do you how do you approach that? And I'm, like I said earlier, I'm a very headstrong person and it's difficult to tell me. Mm. You're not listening to anyone anyway, <laughs> basically. It's not that I think I know best, but when I get set on something, I just do it which is probably not a good way to be when it comes to self-destructive behaviors. <laughs> yeah. Would you, would you, I guess if you saw someone in the same situation thinking about that, like how would you, how would you confront someone? 
like if if you know if you know someone with similar character to you and i think yeah. for most people in the sense of they do there is a period naturally when we talk about the way people accept stuff of just ignoring it and not having it and if people same when you go you know same when you hear those famous stories about people getting set sat down and, set, and their friends sitting down saying this, you know, you've got a drug problem they're like fuck off yeah. don't have a drug problem it's denial yeah yeah is there, is there anything you'd you'd sort of think you might do on that front oh it depends how close i was to them but i think it would still be a very similar approach i would always approach it in a gentle way mm. and if it if it still wasn't hitting home i'd probably get quite not nasty i'd never be nasty but very strong mm. and be like and and very kind of make them see the damage that they're doing and then try and understand why mm. like and try and get because the thing is you can only help a person who's doing these self-destructive behaviors so much. At the end of the day, it really comes down to them to change their own behavior and their own perceptions and mm. the way they think. You can only be a, um, you can only help in, to, a certain, to a certain degree. But I would definitely try and lay it out black and white, how it's hurting them, why it's pointless and why they're doing it like what you know this like i was saying it's a symptom to something deeper mm. but you've got to sit with yourself and figure out exactly what it is why and maybe offer some um those harsh words as well i think are important yeah even, if, even, even, if, even if you risk that re relationship i think you should do it because yeah, like you care about the person mm. right well, it's um, a classic thing if, if a good friend tells you the truth i think it's so i read some quote the other day which is essentially if you know they're a true friend if they're willing to risk their relationship to tell you something and i think that is so so important um anything else on that topic you want to elaborate on to not to put you on the spot is there anything you'd you'd add i guess in the i'm trying to think in particular because we actually have covered it quite a bit now that i think about it but is i think whatever happens let's talk about potentially doing some sort of thing where you where you put something out there and if people want to ask you questions privately we'll do a q a if yeah, you fancy that would be 100 percent. yeah i'd love great. to do that yeah? sure i just okay. yeah i just want it may, whenever I see a girl walking down the street who I know has got anorexia or who I can see, you know, is not looking after themselves at all, it makes me want to cry. Mm. And I want to literally go up to them and talk to them and like, and help them. But I, I, the amount of times I've had to stop myself from doing it because I'm like, you know what, I, it's not my business. I don't know this person. Who am I to get involved in their life? But it, it, that is that overwhelming feeling inside of me that I want to put a stop to it because I've been there and it's miserable and it's, you just there's a period of my life where I don't even I have such memory blockages because I I was so so consumed ironically by this this disorder which mm. is ridiculous um I do also think that I would encourage you to do that I think there is something quite there is a beauty in approaching a stranger because you can just see and you can that 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 human feeling you get like you know when you see someone who's just upset walking walking with their head yeah down. yeah yeah I've I've done it once or twice, not to say I'm a martyr by any stretch of the imagination, but <laughs> but it but it's nice to do, and it's and and genuinely not because I want to feel better about myself. It's no, just, it's nothing it's to do just, with that. No, it's just what you should be doing. I really do think because you've I'm sure you've been in that position where you've walked down the street. Well, I mean I and I have floods of tears, and like mm -hmm. people kind of look at you like, do I say something? And it's like, Loser. <laughs> I'm joking. And sometimes all you want is just someone just to be like, are you okay? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, I totally like, agree. Do you want to talk? Jo joking aside, you do want to drink coffee. Yeah. So like to 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 be that person for someone going through that is, you know, if it's gonna make their life better. Yeah, I agree. I'll tell you the one that gets me is if you see an uh, elderly woman walking on their own. 
can't can't handle it. Just walking on their own. Might like being by themselves. You, well, you, yeah, you say that, but I just want to be like, you okay? Is there anything I can do for you? It's true. Like, it's true. Fuck off. Yeah, 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 yeah that, that reminds me of such a funny story. You know, so, so this just shows sometimes it can go wrong. There, I used to work around the corner from here in an estate agent. It was like a property developer and that sort of thing. We were all sitting outside. Uh, sorry, in the office, but there's these big glass uh, panels, and across the road was this old fella, like you know walking stick like barely shaking and and one and we were like oh like should we check him out like is he all right sort of thing and uh <laughs> and, one of, and, one of the, and one of the guys is like, it's like i'm gonna just go check like i gotta do it and and the long and short of the story is he walks across hello sir how are you goes and he's like fuck off i'm just waiting for the pub to open because it was right outside the pub <laughs> so i mean like yeah. some people just it's want, true you know they're just going about their business it's true but better good intentions than not it's very that is that is very true you can't knock my my intentions no. Yes. Tell me what you want. To, you can tell me what you want to tell me, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> who knows what's really going on <laughs> yeah, yeah. in that brain? Just trying to make myself feel better <laughs> continuously. Um, all right, cool, brilliant.